You're listening to the Vice Chancellor's Hour, a ministry of Radio ABC 993-FM on the campus of African Bible University. I'm Jeremiah Pitts, a professor and administrator here at the African Bible University in Uganda. The purpose of Vice Chancellor's Hour is to provide biblical and theological teachings that are an extension of the ministry of the university. Well, Dr. Tim Hook is with us on the show today, and he's a reverend, and he's a a doctor, and very delighted to have him with us today. And hopefully this will be beneficial for us as you're thinking about missions, as you're thinking about ABU. And uh, thank you, Dr. Hope, for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Could you just take a second and introduce yourself a little bit, what you were doing before you came to Uganda? Yes, my name is Tim Hoke, uh, Timothy Hoke, and I was a pastor in the USA for 30 years before coming to African Bible University in 2009 officially. I came in 2008 on a pastoral sabbatical, but then came back full-time in the spring of 2009. So I come from the U.S. from 30 years of pastoral experience and God opened up the door to come to African Bible University and it was something I had never dreamed I would do in a million years. Those uh, pastoral sabbaticals are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yes they are. <laughs> <laughs> you came just thinking, hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna teach and help out a little bit, uh, do a change of speed kind of thing. That was it. And then you fell in love with the place. I fell in love with the place. I love to teach. I taught three courses, a preaching course, a theology course, and the book of Exodus. And I fell in love with the uh, pioneer students. And at the end of the semester, toward the end of the semester, two of those students, one of whom is Magasha, by the way, and another one that he's not here anymore, he's in Kenya, came and said, sir, would you please come back and teach us rightly that we can go and teach others rightly. And that was like a fisherman with the right bait on the hook, I just went, wow, to myself. I didn't do it to them. I thanked them very nicely. And then later I told my wife, I said, I think we're going to be coming back full time. And she looked at me and she said, I already knew that. So women have a way. (laughs) And anyway, that was my experience and I've never regretted it for one moment. That's amazing. Our listeners may not know, have mentioned the name before, but haven't introduced him. Charles Magasha is one of our pioneer students, so he was here in the first year, mm-hmm. first class, 2005, graduated 2009, and he was an exceptional student, but he's an even more exceptional human being, in my opinion. Yes, sir. And he's a delight. He works for the university now. He's our academic secretary. That's the title he holds, the work he does. Well, there's not enough titles for all the work he does. Not enough titles. He he does a lot. And on top of all that, he is an exemplary, godly man. He is an excellent husband, excellent father. He's a delight to have around. He really is. I love that guy. Mm -hmm. And I did not know he was one of the ones who set the hook on you, so I have one more thing to be thankful for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you came here, and but you, you didn't end up just sticking in the classroom. Well, no. I came, actually, I was about 60 years old at the time, and I came with the idea that I would teach maybe four courses a semester, maybe five if they needed it, which I have done at times. And I love to teach. I really don't like administration. I love to teach. But after I was here for about a semester or so, Dr. Robertson asked me to be on the admin committee, and I'm just 
one of those people that was brought up to listen to your superiors and please your superiors. And uh, God is my ultimate superior. And so even though I didn't really want to be on the admin committee, I agreed to do it because I felt maybe it's a calling from God, which I think it was at the time. So I was very heavily involved in a lot of administrative meetings as well as teaching and spending time with students and preaching out in the community and so on. And one of the things that um, most people don't know is I was also the interim pastor at New City Church for a little over three years when I first came because the pastor was in the U.S. getting his doctorate. Wow. So a couple pieces there, the admin committee, the administrative committee of a university, you might say it's the head. So there's a lot of hands, there's a lot of feet, there's a lot of organs, Mm -hmm. but the head that moves things around really properly isn't a single person, although of course they direct, but is really that administration committee. So there you are uh, thinking, hey, I'm going to come be a professor, Mm -hmm. which you are, uh, and then you find yourself doing administrative work, Mm. which admittedly is not your first love, but you did it as something unto the Lord, and you, I think, did it very well. And then, of course, uh, you know, church work. There's a need for church work everywhere. Yes, sir. You had the ability and the opportunity. For me, that seems, knowing you a bit, this is the theme of your life. Yeah. God's given you ability, an opportunity presents itself, and you just say, yep, okay, I'm going to do that then, Lord. Well, I think that's not too far off. It didn't start that way. However, I was brought up in the church as a boy, and I remember being at the church one day. I saw the pastor out, and I was probably 9 or 10 years old, maybe 11, and I had this feeling that maybe God wanted me to be a preacher, and I thought, oh, no, there could be nothing worse than that. And so I think it's really comical. And people say, does God have a sense of humor? Well, I don't know, but it it seems he might because he gave me a heart later when I was in my mid-20s to go into pastoral ministry. And that's been my heart ever since I was 24 years old. It's amazing. And you haven't drifted away from that one bit. You're still caring about people, helping people, ministering to people, both here and in the U.S. in a number of ways. And we're very thankful for the work you've done here. So you're on the admin committee, you're teaching some courses, and at the time we had the vice chancellor, Dr. Palmer Robertson, Mm -hmm. and Dr. Robertson, as many people know, very challenging schedule, very demanding schedule, and uh, he's a, I think it's fair to say he's a public figure within Christendom. Yes, sir. And we're grateful for his teaching and for his writing, and he trusted you enough to give you some responsibilities as well beyond just the admin committee. Well, he did, and I wouldn't say I would have been his first choice, but he didn't really have anybody else to choose from at the time is the way I look at it. But he got to a point in his life, I think it was in his mid-70s, maybe 74, 75, and he realized that his time was running out. He's not just a seminary professor and a university professor. He's also a writer of books, and he's written excellent books. And he realized that he was so full on here that to be here the entire year did not give him the the time to continue to write and publish, which is so beneficial to the church. And so he would go to Cambridge, England in the spring semester and write, and he asked me to stand in for him during that semester. And so I did that for, I don't know, maybe five years. I've forgotten how long it was. He would come back at graduation and see how we're doing. And and again, that wasn't really my heart's desire to do it, but I thought, and not that I'm some great sacrificial person, But I thought, here's an opportunity for a man to go and write books that will be read for generations and generations. And who am I to say, no, I won't help you? I saw his being away and writing, 
is really the work of the kingdom. And I think it is. Yeah, I agree with you. And a lot of people wouldn't see it that way. I think a lot of people would think, what about me? What about what I want? And once again, you saw ability and opportunity and you seized it. And um, I think we're better off for it. I think ABU is better off for it as well. And after that, when he retired in 2019, the reins for the whole institution got shifted to you. Well, they did. And it didn't really start out that way because I told our chancellor, Dr. Paul Chin Chin, uh, before Dr. Robertson left, that I did not want to be the vice chancellor. And he looked at me like, what's wrong with you? He didn't say that, but that was the look on his face. And I added, I don't want to rule the world. And he started laughing. And so um, I was not even considered at that point to be Dr. Robertson's successor. But what happened, and this was just one of those things, is Dr. Robertson left. Dr. Robertson had actually chosen you, Jeremiah, to be his successor, but the hands had not shaked properly through the African Bible colleges so that you were not, let's say, vetted by them yet. They wanted to get to know you, and not knowing who else they might send in here in the meantime, and because I worked well with these people for years, and because I was actually fearful that someone would come in and upset the apple cart, so to speak, I thought it all needed to flow together. And so I told him that I would step up as the, the interim guy until the real guy got here. I mean, don't give me any credit for that. I did it out of desperation because I thought someone will come in and not keep us going in the same direction and people will leave. And we have a good team here. I didn't want anybody to leave, which only one family I think has left. And they didn't leave because they didn't love ABU. They left for family reasons. So that was why I did it. And uh, I love how you said that. Dr. Robertson, he actually knew me, and he had recruited me to do the VC job. But we have a parent board. So African Bible University is under African Bible Colleges. African Bible Colleges has several institutions across Africa. Mm-hmm. And so they're a board that kind of directs the whole thing. And they didn't know me and had not vetted me. And, and anybody who knows about higher education administration and about boards knows those are not quick processes. And you gave them the time. Mm-hmm to become comfortable with the idea. And on this side of it, they're very happy about it, but they needed time to come to that conclusion. And without you there, I do believe there's no telling what outcome would have happened. You know, I'm sure they would have gone about it with the wisdom that God's given them in the circumstances and so forth, but they would have had a sense of pressure to move quickly and you able to give them some breathing space. Whether I'm a good decision or not, time will tell, but you gave them room to make that decision. So, I mean, I'm very grateful for that as well, uh, that we've come this way. And, and for years, we worked with them and worked with Dr. Robertson, and it's been great to get to know you as well. So as we're recording this, the last two years, mm-hmm. you're the interim VC, were the years of COVID. Yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, frankly, from a personal perspective, very discouraging sure. because we just had our legs cut out from under us for roughly two years and been separated from my wife for, not separated, separated, but she was in the U.S. taking care of her brother, and I was splitting my time from here to there, here to there, and I did not want to get stuck away from my wife for six months, so I went back when COVID first began. Then they they actually closed the U.S. for a while for foreign travel, and the admin team that is still with you, uh, you mentioned uh, Magasha. We could also mention uh, Natasha Kinsella, and there are others in the office. They picked up the baton and ran the race and would call me and ask my approval on things, but they really took over. I just think they did an outstanding job. You have a great team that's working with you and for you now. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I don't know many people in their you know, 60s, approaching 70s, I think at the time, who would voluntarily pick up and move to a different country. So that's one step. And then secondarily, take on tasks that admittedly, not where they would first choose to direct their time, but do it because they think they have an opportunity that's there and they have an ability that's God-given. And then in that, the sacrifice you made that I think every married person will appreciate of having to split time with their spouse because they're doing something necessary for the health of their family, the physical health of their family members back in the States, um, the sacrifice invested in that. And if anybody knows the two of you, they know you guys are each other's best friend. Mm -hmm. And I say that as a compliment to being married. So there's a lot of people who are married, but there's something about also having that person as being your closest confidant, the person you want to talk to the most on planet Earth about everything all the time. And that's that person for you. Yeah. And the challenge invested in that, and yet you did it. And then I also would give full credit to Magasha and to Kinsella about the work they've done on the admin committee and what they did when they were here but at the end of the day, it was your signature that was responsible to the board and to the legal systems and the finance and all those things. And so you had to administer that during some of the most difficult times. And when I arrived, things were fine. Yeah, I think so. They were running well. I think they were going um, forward. With unbelievable challenges on an administrative level, with uh, regulations, uncertainty, all the things that go with that. Student bodies not physically present here, mm-hmm. figuring out the excesses of switching to an online system, all of those things. The ship was directed well, Mm -hmm. and when I came to something, I didn't come to something that was broken. I came to something that was working and had good people at it, and uh, they were navigating very tricky waters, and you were there holding the tiller. Well, I have to give them the real credit. They were outstanding. They were outstanding. I did want to mention one thing, though, because you mentioned coming in in your 60s and coming to a foreign world to minister, and this is really for anybody out there who's listening who might be thinking, well, no, missions is not for me, And, and, and maybe foreign missions is not for you. That's fine. But when I was in theological seminary and I was in my 20s, I knew some guys in my classes or in lower class or upper class. And they were so excited they were going to go to Italy or they were going to go to Germany or they were going to go to England or they were going to go here, they were going to go there. And when they graduated, they were going to be missionaries. And I just used to look at those people and think to myself, what is wrong with them? There's plenty to do in the United States. Why do you want to leave? And I never had any interest whatsoever leaving ministry in the United States and traveling abroad to minister. It just wasn't in my frame of reference. And even when I asked for my wife's hand in marriage, her father, my father-in-law-to-be, looked me straight in the eye and said, now you're not going to take my daughter to Africa, are you? And I, with a clear conscience, said, no, sir, no way. (laughs) And here we've been since 2008. So the Lord, the way he's worked in my life is very interesting. It's been contrary to what I, oftentimes I make the plans, but the Lord has a different direction. And you just go with it. That's it. Yeah, we make our plans and God laughs. That's the the way some people describe that. Yeah, and, and here you are. So you're serving and uh, you're helping us even still taking on a, a huge load. You have some plans coming up as well. It's time for a bit of a transition and you're moving towards going back to the States, at least part time. And it looks like the Lord's not done having more opportunities and abilities for you. My idea was, and still is, to come here one semester, fall semester, to go back to the U.S. for the spring semester and the summer and spend more time with my adult children and preach here and there as there's a need for a visiting pastor for a Sunday sermon here and a Sunday sermon there. And 
and to do a lot of reading books that and things that I've not had time to do when I'm here or as a pastor. And I'm 75, so I see that whatever time the Lord gives me, I wanted to split a little bit. That way, my father died when I was 38, and he was my best friend, and I miss my dad every day, so it's a long time. And my kids, they're adopted, and they, they've just never had that close relationship with Cherry and me as I had with my parents, and I wanted them to have that before the Lord takes me home. So that's part of the idea there. But as you mentioned, uh, and I mentioned, the Lord often has a different course. And so I've been asked to be the interim pastor of my home church in Lubbock, Texas, for the spring semester and through July. And then I'll, Lord willing, come back here in August. That's the plan. So yeah, I'm going to be <laughs> pretty busy, <laughs> pretty busy. But I'm excited about it, actually. And they're a supporting church. They support ABU and they support Cherry and me. So they've been very faithful to us. And it speaks a lot of you that uh, they would want to have you and uh, to put that trust in you and to do that work again. It just really speaks well of you, I think. And for my part, I think they're making a wise choice. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I-, I was very honored when they and surprised, but honored when they asked. Yeah. Well, are there some ways that we can be praying for you, praying for Cherry, praying for Diane? Well, thanks for asking. I will be preaching, Lord willing, through the book of First Thessalonians to begin with. And that's the very first book I read in Greek. And it was one of the very first books that I was taught from as a brand new Christian. So it's First Thessalonians, those five chapters have had a very dear and near relationship to me. So that I would do a good job and restudy it and preach it in a way that connects with people. I first went through it in probably 1972 with my pastor, so it's been 50 years. Anyway, that I would be able to really relate it to the people in the day in which we live. That would be one thing. And just ongoing health. Cherry's health has been good. My health has been good. Diane's health has been good. But you should never take your health for granted. God numbers our days, and he gives us the health that we have. And I'm thankful every single day for the health that I've been given. I have a number of friends who are ill and a number who have already died. And here I am still alive and functioning and no thanks to me, all thanks to God, but that the Lord would continue to give the health so that my goal would be to serve until the Lord calls me home. Uh, My paternal grandfather worked up until two weeks of his death at age 81. My maternal grandfather retired in his 60s but bought a farm and he was a farmer for the remainder of his life and built a barn when he was 85. So I come from people that keep working and I'd just like to be able to do that as long as possible. Yeah, that'd be a good prayer. I heard a guy say once that he had no intention of meeting his maker tan, fit, and rested. <laughs> well, if you look at my skin, I don't tan very well and I get bored when I rest. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate the time you've given us and I hope this has been an encouragement to others. I know it's been an encouragement to me and thank you for your work for ABU. It's my pleasure, complete pleasure and honor to work at African Bible University. Appreciate you, brother. You're listening to the Vice Chancellor's Hour, a ministry of Radio ABC 993 FM on the campus of African Bible University. I'm Jeremiah Pitts, a professor and administrator here at the African Bible University in Uganda. The purpose of Vice Chancellor's Hour is to provide biblical and theological teachings that are an extension of the ministry of the university.